to the Hack My Solar podcast, providing off-grid solutions to an on-grid world. Hey everybody and welcome to the Hack My Solar podcast. This is Sean Mills and today we're going to talk about peaker plants versus battery storage. You've heard me say on the podcast before that once battery storage comes down to a certain price point, it's really going to make a big impact on the market because we can produce or we can generate electricity from a utility scale solar plant cheaper uh, than gas, cheaper than coal, cheaper than nuclear, and we can generate wind even cheaper than that when measured over the life cycle of those uh, renewable energy sources. But the issue becomes when we get the electricity compared to when we need it. And there are lots of research uh, companies out there that are doing tests all over the country about changing work practices, changing little things here and there, but over a large enough number of people or a large enough number of machines to reduce the need for storage uh, by maximizing energy when it's plentiful and minimizing the need for it when it's not. So those uh, that kind of research is happening right now. Uh, but what we have in the United States and what the standard grid is based on is we have base load and we have peak load. And base load is pretty steady. Uh, that's what your nuclear, your power and hydroelectric plants are typically churning out. And then your renewables, your biomass, uh, things like that, uh, and, and peaker plants are being turned on to hit the peak load. Uh, peaker plants in the U.S. are typically natural gas. Some of the older ones run off of fuel oil, uh, but they're typically natural gas. And depending on what part of the con- country they're in, they can run on very cheap uh, fuel sources. They only ramp up, uh, like I said before, when we have peak needs. Um, that's typically during summer afternoons when air conditioning is being turned on as people are coming home from work and winter mornings where people are getting ready for work and maybe they're cranking furnaces up uh, to warm the house up after uh, it's been cool overnight and you know typically first thing in the morning is the coldest part of the day. Now we've talked about the fact that peaking plants, the, the last megawatt or last kilowatt of energy that you produce is always the most expensive. So um, typically peaking plant uh, per megawatt cost or per megawatt hour cost in the United States are about $52 per megawatt hour compared to uh, an efficient natural gas generation facility, uh, combined cycle type uh, facility, which runs at about $25 per megawatt hour. Now, the thing about peaking plants is they always have to be ready to go, or at least they have to be ready to go most times. So you spend a lot of money keeping them ready to go rather than actually generating electricity for them. Uh, Here's a statistic I was able to find in New York. New Yorkers spend over $250 million each year uh, to maintain certain peaking plants that only run a few hours per year. How about that? Only a few hours per year of actual production, and they're spending $250 million per year. 
Well, you look at New York and you figure, okay, well, the the return is going to be very, very swift. If those guys start to deploy some utility-scale storage solutions, you know, I'll think about some of the stuff that Tesla has done in southern Australia and in California. Those are projects that New York could probably put in and pay themselves back very quickly. Um, but it's not like that everywhere. You know, New York, uh, with the uh, cost of labor there, and, and with a peaking plant, it's labor that's you're really spending. You've got to pay those operators year-round, even though they may only be working for a couple hours of year. When I say only working, I mean they're only running the plant a couple hours a year and generating. But so that you don't blow your grid up, you've got to have those of guys available to go. And, you know, in New York, you're not going to have guys that say, yeah, we're willing to come in and work for a couple hours a year. And you probably don't want those guys to do that because they're not going to be qualified to do their job. So that's a pretty easy one. Um, the other interesting interesting thing about battery storage that's attached to the grid is it has the ability to actually add to the base load and reduce the peak load. So if you're looking at this from a... Um, emissions standpoint or from a coal or natural gas burning standpoint at least right now the way the grid works is you would actually be using more of the dirty power to store energy in the batteries and less of the wind and solar because right now wind and solar is being used for the the load that's needed above the base load at least in most of the country texas has done a really good job uh, their situation is a little bit different, but they only have their own grid to worry about. They've got ERCOT, and that's it, whereas you've got the rest of the country. We have an east interconnection and a west interconnection, so you can't, in the state of Georgia, make decisions that are good for you but bad for the rest of the eastern half of the country. Uh, the federal government won't let you do that. So um, so the, the ability to you know increase that base load and reduce the peak load is good because that last kilowatt hour is the one that costs the most. But if that's the case, how do you pay for it, right? Because what you want is you want companies that are willing to invest in building these storage uh, stations. And, and of course, they want to make their money back. So if I'm buying at you know, a price that's not as low as it would be without the, the storage adding to the baseload. And I'm selling it at a price that's not as high as it would be if the storage wasn't there to take on that peak load. Where am I making my money? So it's kind of this interesting thing where it, it makes a lot of sense when you're targeting that 1% of generation in the U.S. that peakers currently... Um, hold you know i mean we've got all of this capital tied up in these peaking plants they only generate one percent but it's a pretty important one percent because if that one percent wasn't generated we'd have brownouts and blackouts so um you know when you look at it from the standpoint of if we can get that 52 dollars per megawatt hour uh number that, that's an attainable number i don't think we're too far off of that with the systems that are going in right now it's that $25 per megawatt hour number where the natural gas is sitting that's really going to say, okay, we've got to be able to get there before people are going to be willing to turn off the natural gas and go more on the renewable side. Now, natural gas is way better than coal. I don't think anyone 
um, has any illusions that that's a fact, but it's still more, you know, it's dirtier than wind, right? It's dirtier than solar. And so using um, storage as a way to eliminate these peaking plants, because really when you think about it, those guys, they don't run all the time, but when they're on, they're running hot and dirty. Um, you know, I think that uh, it's going to be easy for us to get to the point, I'd say within the next couple of years, I've already heard from executives in the power generation industry that say they'll never build another peaking plant. The question is, how often are they going to run the ones that they've already built once this energy technology or this battery storage technology starts coming around? But as we as we've seen with the home side, right now there's more demand than there is supply for this battery technology. You've got a huge waiting list just in the state of California uh, for the Tesla Powerwall, and you've got you know, the, the, the demand far outstripping the supply. So that's going to keep prices up for a little while. You know, we are going to see economies of scale eventually, but those economies of scale have to be able to meet the current demand uh, so that there's not such an outstripping of available supply before we're going to see the costs come down. And then, like I say, when that happens, I really think you'll start seeing these peaking plants probably get dismantled and sent overseas because, uh, there's going to be other people that are going to have the problem. Um, but th- that being said, we may be last to the party. I've, I've talked in the past about the fact that, you know, going away from being the leader in R&D uh, in terms of renewable energies and alternatives to fossil fuel energy has really made us be lagging behind the rest of the world. I won't say the rest of the world, but at least a lot of the developed world. Europe is way ahead of us. India is pretty much where we are, but they're not going to have some of the growing pains that we have because they don't have an existing really bad um, aged infrastructure. They, they've got no infrastructure, so it's easier to put in new efficient stuff than it is to take old stuff out and put new efficient stuff in. So uh, while I think that if it happens quickly, there may still be a market for these utilities to recoup some of that capital investment by dismantling the plants and sending them elsewhere. The longer it takes to get to that point, the less likely there's going to be people willing to buy. Uh, the other thing we have to think about with, with batteries, you know, I mentioned before, where battery storage technology will increase the base load and reduce the peak load, which is good from a reliability of energy standpoint, but not great from an investment standpoint if you're investing in batteries. But we also, we don't get 100 for 100, right? We don't get 100% of the energy that we put in. There's some degradation that happens to the batteries. Even lithium ions, which are very, very efficient, are not 100% efficient. So the more storage we put in, the more we have to account for the fact that we're not going to get 100% of the energy out. So that means more storage, you know, to get uh, a terawatt of, of stored energy, we might have to generate 1.05 terawatts of, um, of energy to do so. And, and is the percentage very high? No, but, you know, 0.05 terawatts is still 50 gigawatt hours, um, which is about the amount of extra energy that we need to put in to maintain what we're expected for our population growth to be through like 2100. So 
Um, you know, those aren't actual numbers in terms of the terawatts, but it's just illustrating the fact that the more we rely on storage, we, it's not a one-for-one -one exchange. So, hey, with that, thanks for joining us today. Uh, if you've got any questions, you can send them over to me at sean at hackmysolar.com, S-H-A-W-N at hackmysolar.com. Hit us up on the Facebook page, Hack My Solar. You could check out our new Facebook group, which is called Off Grid Solutions for an On Grid World. Um, or you could go to the website and shoot us a comment in on the blog. Any of those ways would be great. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I am going to have to do a uh, customer, or not customer, but uh, listener question show soon. I do have some questions piling up. If you've sent them to me, uh, be patient. I am going to get those on air. I'm just trying to get a full show's worth. So, hey, thanks for joining me today and looking forward to talking to you soon.